Last time on the usual time. Sir, are you lost? Sir, I use message. After you use your message spell, uh, it ushers forth this blast of green gas. I'm gonna shoot chaos bolts at it. I use my boots to jump up really high and then jam my magic dagger into it. Right through its brain hole. He's been alone for like three years. Leave him alone. I can't even count that high. I wouldn't be here if I didn't have friends. Yeah, you'd be dead. What? What? Uh, what, ha- what happened? Uh, who are you? Where's Travis? He's dead. You killed Travis. Yeah. Alarms. What's in the truck? Why wouldn't you like to know? Hey, slap. Why would the slaves come here? To uh, do a detailed inspection of unknown species. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like you're dissecting people here. Hey, hey, dissection's a strong word. Could you point us in the direction of any uh, slaves or uh, science projects you have in, in that place? Excellent. I was told I was being set free, but no! since you, <laughs> since you have me at your yeah, mercy. Why would we let you go right now? Things are just getting good. Mm-hmm. So are you supposed to, like, drag me again, or can I walk? Well, I'm not going to drag you. Yeah, she she doesn't she doesn't do that. Sometimes. I don't want to drag him! You know, I don't do the heavy lifting, all right, Drew. Uh, all right, but you can walk, but you don't get to use your hands. How about that? Look, that's, that's fine, as long as I get out of here. Sayora's beard. Safely. What? What, what about my beard? Yeah, don't you don't get to me. use that fist either. It's gross. I don't, I don't like it. Get it out of there. No, don't look at it, then. Uh, I, I, I let, uh, I unrestrain him to a point where he can walk. Okay, well, all that was going down, what have you been up to, Hoyt? I just went inside, and I'm going back in, and I'm looking around confused as to why the alarm stopped. And I'm going to go back to the keypad and see if it's, like, the same, if it's different. It looks as it did prior to you touching it. I go over to the door that it, I presume that it has some effect on, and I see if I can just lift it. Strength check. Yeah, you're gonna need like a forty-five. Um, six. <laughs> you break a nail trying to get your fingers under it to get leverage. Oh. Haha! I chew my nails. Gross. So you snap there. a nail off. The whole thing? (laughs) No, because then I'd have to make you take damage. (laughs) Just annoying. Like, I gotta, like, wrap this now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna walk back then with my finger in my mouth. Just kind of, like, sucking on it. You pass by the corpse of Travis again on your way back out. Huh. I wonder. I grabbed Travis. And I'm going to drag him down. Okay. As you start dragging, the rest of you will probably be waltzing up about the same time. And you'll see Hoyt, a good, uh, I forget how far I said this descended, but a good um, 50 to 100 feet in down this tunnel, uh, dragging the corpse of Travis. See, look, look, Glenn, if that is your real name. It uh, is. He's got your friend already. Double apostrophes. He's got your friend already. So we're we're the nice guys. Hey, would would you tell him to put Travis down 
could you tell him? Well, yeah, nah. You're not going to be able to open the door. Wait, what? Is that what he's doing? Height? Height. Uh, I go full sprint. <laughs> yeah, you take him. it 10 seconds-ish to catch him. And then I that. do like a, like a slide stop. I'm like, you can't use a dead body to open a door. <laughs> yeah. Weren't you listening? Weren't you listening? Could you stop desecrating the body of my dear friend? So what? I just kind of keep tugging. <laughs> he just says he doesn't want you to open. I don't think it'll set the alarm off again, I think. So just don't try to use the body to open a door. Look, I'll, I don't tell him I'll, I'll open any door he wants. Just tell him to put Travis oh, down. All right, all right. Keep, keep, keep holding him until we get a door open. <laughs> so just keep with you and what him, you're doing. But don't door. Yeah, don't use him to open the door because now this guy says he's going to open all the doors. You know, like an insurance I keep policy. dragging him towards the keypad. Okay. Okay. Hey, hey, hey Glenn, hey. Glenn. That was a good nod to our audience because 50% of our audience works in insurance. <laughs> hey, Glenn. <laughs> hey, Glenn. 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 What? What do you want? I don't want to open all the doors right now. I just want to open the one door that's safe from everybody else that will let me sleep. Because I have been a, without a nap all day. Oh, you you want a like a, a bunk bed? Nah. A room I, with a set of bunk no, beds? No, I can, I can pretty much curl up anywhere. Maybe like a cozy fire and a cup of tea? That sounds know. great. I don't Ask him for that. I don't drink tea. Well, I don't have any anyway. But if you follow me this way, I can probably get this door open for you. You might be able to rest there. Is that the one Hoyt's going to? I think so. Right. It's the closest door at the bottom of this ramp. Hoyt, he's going to open this door. Yeah, he is. And I'm like hefting his hey, arm hey, up hey, hey, towards hey. the keypad. <laughs> he's like, hey. he's bound hands just reaching out to attempt to stop you. No, I, like I, I, I'm trying to also stop him. What? <laughs> Not the dead body! How many times do I have well, to tell you? Get it done Glenn. then. You need to pick one language and speak only that. You're I shifting back and because forth. Because he can't understand in common when I'm speaking common, and you can't understand his language when I'm speaking it, so I gotta speak both. Look, do you want me to open the <gasps> yes, door? Yes, please, God, yes! Okay, so point at it. Pointing at it. He walks over to the door. Do it. And, uh, kind of twists his wrists around until he can get a free palm and pushes one button and you see it light up and then pushes the next button and that lights up and then the whole keypad or the whole um, touchpad lights up and he just sticks his palm on it and it blinks and the door begins to open what's in the dodge stance it's uh so it it retracts into the ceiling it kind of opens vertically Uh, So inside, you'll see the room's about 20 by 20. Uh, The wall across from you is... uh, So there's like a conveyor belt sticking out of a hole in this wall across the room. It looks like they could pull the truck up to it and just unload shit right onto this conveyor belt. Other than that, the room is pretty empty. 
Thank you, Glenn. I'm gonna also ask the devil. Well, hey there, hey there, Glenn. Um, I'm just wondering, uh, how, how many other people are there in there like you? Like or maybe me, like uh... are there those constructs? Oh, I don't know. This is kind of a big place. There's, let's see. Uh, it's probably a good five of us, maybe. Uh, plus the robots. And him. Uh, you're looking at maybe a dozen to, uh, to 12 people. Him? Yeah, yeah, the boss man, you know, the guy that runs the show around here. What is oh, he the boss man? I didn't even oversees the goings on of the reactor and the the reactor torture. The, the, hey, hi, hi. What? Don't let go of Travis. What? Uh, <laughs> okay, I grab him and start dragging him into the room. Thank you. Thank you. Who's getting tortured now? Okay, okay. So torture is a strong word. Let's back it up a little bit. What did I call it before? Uh, in thorough investigation. It's basically dissection alive is what I'm understanding at this no, point. No, 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 no. No. Okay. I mean, yes, but no. <laughs> they're, they're fully sedated. If they can be. Some species don't take well to sedation. You just cut them up anyway. How would you feel if we cut Travis up, huh? How would that be? I'd be upset. Yeah. Well, did, hey, Hoyt. Guess what they do here? What? What? They cut what? people up. Huh? That's pretty messed up, huh? What do you, What do you mean? They cut people up here. They like examine them on the inside. Can you believe that? Like this guy? Like this guy did it? And I point at no, no, the no. no that, they, this guy. These guys drive the truck. But like the the people they helped. Nah, I wouldn't say that. I don't think he does anything important. I mean, he knows that. They're bringing people here, right? No, but, yeah, but I don't think that's... Yeah. Did he bring the people here? I don't think... He's, he's been very vague about that. I don't think he brings any people. I think he just brings stuff and things. I, uh... I think you better ask him. <laughs> hey, Glenn? And, uh, you better get the truth. I, how am I gonna know? Figure it out. If only there were some sort no. of. No. <laughs> if only there were a spell for this. Uh, or so, yeah, zone it, of truth. It never works. Hey, Glenn. You've upset my friend. He Glenn's the name. I'm here to please. Uh, I, Carlos goes. Your friend. Well, his. Your your friend now. I guess I don't know. Shut up. Uh. My Hoyt wants to know if you take people here too. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, the actor related stuff. Okay. He said no. He said Does he the know actor who did? related stuff. Shrug. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he knows anything about that stuff. 
Why don't Do you he tell us more about the boss man? I mean, I don't. I don't care. I do. I, I'm not. I'm not here to. I'm not here to John Wick this. Um, or uh, <laughs> I'm not here to. Uh, I'm not here to just just destroy the whole, you know, chain of people that are involved in this. That's not really what we're here for. I don't think. What are we here for? To just save Narnia. To save Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed yes. to be looking for those uh, scientist people or researchers and then uh, find out what they're doing here. No, maybe they're it's pretty the ones, obvious what they're maybe, doing maybe here. Maybe they're, they're the ones that got cut open. Well, ask them where we can go to find them. Can we sleep first? Or... Yeah, fine, fine, fine. Just ask them Glenn. we can go to sleep. Glenn? Yeah, Glenn's my name. Where do we go to find the people that are being cut open? Or being um, ready to cut open? So that that part of the facility is normally uh, blocked off. I don't really get to go there. I just, you know, hear about it. Okay. Water cooler talk, as it were. Okay. Uh, Hoyt? He's not, he's not important enough to, to, to know about all that stuff? Look, I, what, I can't, what I can tell you is, look, what I can tell you is. Yeah. Look. Everything. There's, there's, uh, so like a month ago, right? Like, um, you know what months are? Hey, just, just tell the story, man. All right, right. So like a month ago, we, we found these guys in the forest, right? Yeah, I was in the forest. And some of them were human, like that guy right there. Yeah. Right. And there were some like lizard looking guys with them. And like these really short fat guys. Okay, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, but we don't like we didn't know what they were or what they wanted. So obviously, uh, you know, and this is this is all hearsay. But uh, they they were, you know, submitted here for further investigation. Oh, neat. Hey, hi. What? This is the they got the they got the people we're looking for. Well, they did a month ago. So they so brought them probably here, dead now. and they were tortured. I don't know. He doesn't. He's not important enough to know those things. I guess we don't know. Ask him if he cares. Oh my God! No, I won't do it. He cares enough to be mourning his coworker that <laughs> we killed. Uh, I think he's got a heart. Uh huh. I mean, it might be a little black, but it's fine. I'm going to tell Shadow and, and Droop that we should have his legs bound, and I'm going to be, like, making a comfortable spot for me to rest. Oh, so now you want to sleep. Okay. Uh, well, you got to tie your legs up again. Sorry, guy. Look, whatever. Am I going to be able to leave? Is this, like, if you're just going to tie me up, like... And oh. then kill me later? Why don't you just kill me no, now? No, 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 I don't think that's necessary. Uh, What's he saying? I don't... He wants to know if we're gonna murder him. <laughs> I don't I think like that's it. really I like that necessary. you're saying it like you're saying it over a radio. Yeah. He wants to know if we're gonna murder him. I'm sleeping. Yeah, he wants to know if we're gonna murder him. Um... I don't think that's necessary. I mean, he's already he might lose his job as it is, so I don't think we need to compound the the problems. Plus, he's got to tell Travis's family that Travis is dead. 
That's going to be a mess. I'd rather put him through that than kill him. It's true. It's true. So I look over and Luna's sleeping. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's all tuckered out. What? What's it? Uh-huh. This is t- typical. You look and I'm sleeping in the only bed in the room. <laughs> so I'm in a bed. Yeah, she uh, a there's bed. happened to be one in here, and I'm the one that got it. Yes, oh. somehow. Sure. I found. I guess she found beds. Did the door close behind us? No, it's still open. Shadow. Yeah. Well, I guess. What it's... are you guys talking about? I can't understand oh anything, and Luna's asleep. God, I did not miss that. You, go to bed. Yeah, you. It's fine, Droop. You can you you can rest. We're gonna stay here till we're feeling better. Okay. Um. He lays down on Luna. All right. I'm sleeping. I'm good with that. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Glenn, how do we close the door? All right. Yeah, the door. So, uh. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Door's closed. Oh, okay. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, guy. Uh, all right, Hoyt, do you have any more questions? Because otherwise I'm going to go take a nap. Do you think, should we keep him here? And I look at Travis. <laughs> well, I mean, I think once we wake up, I don't know, we can just send him with, you know, send Glenn and Travis on and, you know, whatever. I'm not really worried about them anymore. Mm-hmm. Do okay. you have any more questions? Because I'm the only translator awake. No, I guess not. Um, get some sleep. All right. Hey, Glenn. You've been. Glenn, that's me. You've Glenn's been a name. big help. I aim to please. Well, except for that time you tried to kill us. Hey, look, I was just doing my job. No hard feelings. Hey, Hoyt. Huh. He uh, he didn't apologize for trying to kill us, but he did say he's just doing his job. So you know, no hard feelings. Good night. Does Glenn go to sleep? Uh, he does after a while. Uh, and the door is closed now. Yes. That's fine. <laughs> it's a restless sleep. You're conflicted. It keeps waking up. It, yes, Tossy and Turney. It's fine. I'm kind of drifting in and out uh, for the rest of the day and until people start waking up or the rest of the night, whatever. Words are hard. Eight okay. hours later. Yep. You wake up, you're all bright eyed and bushy tailed. Mm. Feels good. Hey there, Droop. Poke, poke on his head. It's. Time to wake up. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. Ah! Oh my <laughs> good morning, God. Luna. Holy shit. <laughs> good morning. Time to get up. Like right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hope you he had a j- good rest. jumps up ready to go. Ah. He's a morning person. I forget. Where are we headed? Well, I don't think we decided that yet. Uh... Oh, you should ask him. Should we ask go him. down the hole, right? And he starts to climb up on the where conveyor. Are you, where are you going? Uh, wait, where are you? Where are you going, Drew? I don't know. This is the only way to go, so I figured this is what we're here for, right? Oh, is Glenn awake? 
He is now. Hey, Glenn. What? Where does that hole go? Nah. I, man, look, like I told you, like, I don't know. Well, look, my name's Glenn. I am to please, but I can't, I can't help you here. Okay, well, you, you <laughs> bring to please, he said. You bring stuff, Boy, you bring stuff in, and then you, this, into this room? Is this where you go? Yeah. Um, and then what? What do you do? Well, like, we push a button. And? Right? And then our cargo goes onto that thing. Oh, okay, so it does go somewhere. Sure. Then you say you brought, mean, you bring stuff for the it, reactor or something. It doesn't go nowhere. I'm just, you know, it's possible. It's just a garbage. I don't know. No, the garbage smashers are over on the other side. Oh, all right, cool. Um, Should we just have Glenn walk back to the city? It's going to take him like a long time, isn't it? Like a couple hours. Time. <laughs> yeah. At least a couple hours. Uh, so, I mean, that'd be safe. Yeah, Glenn, you can just walk out if you want. You have to walk oh, out, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I suppose I'm just going to have to drag Travis's corpse through the hot sun then, too, right? Well, it's not yes. like you can't come back. Listen to this guy. I mean, you, you, I, would, I would try to go talk to his family as soon as possible. All right. Well, you guys have been an absolute pleasure. You're a good friend. Is there anything else I can do for you? I look forward to our next next meeting. Hoyt, can he do anything for you? Uh, I mean, are we gonna leave this guy here and look at Travis? No, no, he wants again. to drag him in the hot sun. Sounds fun. Yeah, wife and kids. I think he's in. Yeah, he, he's he got to go tell the wife and kids that that that, that, that it's, it's dead. Well, I guess well, I'll this has been an absolute pleasure, but uh, I really have to get going. If you guys wouldn't mind, there'll be a fifteen-minute survey after this that you can fill out and submit to my boss. If you wouldn't mind giving me five stars, that'd be great. And he just turns around and pokes at the buttons and opens the door. Bye, Glenn. Goodbye, hey, Glenn. Hoyt, Hoyt, give him, give him, Travis. Well, he's gonna leave with me. I'll let him go. I'll come. I'll come back for Travis. Oh, all right. Uh, or that. You just slump him in the corner, Same I guess. Too. As the door is closing, he th he throws survey cards under it. Wait, the door is closing. Yeah, he shuts I it. I don't want that to happen. <gasps> oh my. Hey, well, Glenn. You better do Tell something. Stop. I hop onto the conveyor belt and start walking. Bye, Glenn. <laughs> so Luna's going through the conveyor belt. Where are you guys going? Is Thank the door you. slow closing? Oh, I mean, yeah, garage door speed. Uh, dodge roll underneath. <gasps> I see this sure. happen. Okay. Uh, and I go towards him, and uh -huh. I point towards the pad again. Okay. And like I'm pointing at the pad, and then the door, and then like I push hike my thumb up like I wanted to open it. He begrud begrudgingly does what you want. Okay. I wait until I see him put in the same exact code and then I cut his throat. Oh my. Damn. Cold-blooded. With the murder dagger. Oh. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So the door opens and I see Glenn fall inward to the into the room. Yeah, uh, 
So you see Hoyt roll under the door, and then the door begins to open again, and it's just like you see their feet as though Hoyt were hugging him from behind, and it's really weird. Yes, and then uh, the the door goes up a little further, and you see uh, Glenn's body just fall face first into the room. Oh my God! What happened to him? Poor Glenn. He was my favorite character. I uh, I just start walking back into the room away from the shadow. I wipe my dagger off on. Oh my god! Actually, no. I start walking in and I have yeah, I have like a bloody dagger in my hand, and I get to Travis. I wipe it off on him, and I say, "Oh my god!" Uh, I put the dagger away and I look at Shadow and say, "Um, well, that's unfortunate." And I jump up on the conveyor. Thought you were gonna hit us with a good one-liner. No, no, that was cold, too cold to. I, you, you had my spirits up. I was shaking. <laughs> I don't know that Hoyt has one-liner. Like, clearly not. Who's gonna tell Travis's family now? <laughs> what? What was that? Luna. Oh God! Where are you guys going? I run over. Uh, wait, no, we I... can't just leave bodies here. I hear Bodies. Shadow going into freaking panic mode, and I'm just going to walk to him walk and put my hand over his mouth. Belt. Yeah. And put my hand over his mouth. <laughs> what, what bodies? There's only one body. Droop's just uh, d- dumbfounded, d- just looking be- between... Ahoyt and seeing Luna disappearing further on the conveyor. I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm just get on here and follow Luna. What's going on? Yeah, let's do that. Shadow clearly. Luna, he killed him. Right. Oh my god, everybody walk him? back. Whatever, that's fine too. <laughs> I literally waited until they're on it and they're coming back. I'm confused. I'm it's, yelling, but mechanics are weird. I am yelling. No, 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 I, not... I'm just shouting back and forth. <laughs> yeah, they just, they're, he's just shouting to Luna. Yeah, I'm the only one that left, I guess. <laughs> oh my god, I stopped. <laughs> as, <laughs> as, as we go through the <laughs> conveyor belt, Dory lets me go. <laughs> Into the darkness. Yeah. You're about to jump into darkness with a murderer. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're all, all. we got some blood on our hands. Uh, I'm walking ahead. I got no blood in my hands. Hey. I'm done with this room. Hey. Um, and now we, I'm, I guess we're leaving ring. this room. Oh boy, howdy, those guys have got themselves into quite the predicament this time, haven't they? Hey there, it's me, Jared, your favorite DM, and guide through this wonderful madhouse that is the usual time. I know what you're thinking. Why is Jay Sizzle talking directly to me, their number one favorite fangirl? Well, little Timmy, I'll tell you why. As anyone listening to this from the inside of a Chinese re-education camp can tell you, mistakes happen from time to time. Though it may be hard to believe, we here at the usual time also make mistakes. Today, I'm here to apologize to you, dear Timmy, for a mistake that we made. 
Due to the wonders of what we here in the biz call the magic of radio, our episodes aren't published in the raw, sexy, live version that they were originally recorded in. Even though we take the greatest care to keep our recorded content in the best, most pristine condition possible, sometimes mistakes happen. As the result of an unfortunate meltdown at our records department, some content from the next episode was lost. Rather than trying to recapture the lightning in a bottle that was the original recording, we decided to try something a little bit different with this episode. With that said, here is our smooth, sexy-voiced editor named Andrew that you might recognize as the voice of Shadow to take you on an emotional journey through the rest of this exciting episode of The Usual Time D&D. We hope you enjoy our fun little diversion, and as always, thank you for listening. Andrew, bring us home. Okay, thank you, Jared. I will do my best. So, as you know, we just came out of a conveyor belt room, as we'll call it from this way forward. And the most important thing from that rest is we leveled to 7, which I think we overlooked when waking up and summarily murdering Glenn. May his apostrophes rest in peace. And uh, leaving this room forthwith. Almalexia's biggest uh, gain from level 7 was uh, not having to do the Mickey Mouse voice anymore for her familiar. So if you enjoyed that, I'm sorry. Tyler hated it. So carry on. As you know, we jumped on the conveyor belt and made our exit from that room. Hoyt was leading the way as he was finished doing his work in the conveyor belt room. Almalexia would follow, and she is also going to don her mask of many faces to become a female tiefling, because she obviously wants to copy Shadow in everything he does, and it's also a pretty good disguise when you're surrounded by devils. We'll see how well that works going forward. Uh, while riding the conveyor belt, it was uh, reasoned that there were two directions that you could be taken, and that you couldn't actually force yourself in one or uh, the other direction. You were sensed by the machine itself and sorted accordingly. Our group followed the direction that sorted humanoids or creatures, and took us into a room that is uh, home to the dissection, or torture, uh, whichever term you'd prefer. I think we know what our group would like to say about it. And uh, this room was 15 feet high, 30 feet wide, and 45 feet deep. The group came into it from looking into the deep uh, direction, so there was a lot of space in front of them. Didn't see any uh, guards in any uh, area initially. Hoyt was the first one in, but we all ended up grouped together uh, on the belt, so all four of our heroes made it into the room just fine. Um, what could be seen in that room were dissected humanoids, which is uh, not a very pretty sight. Almost immediately, though, the group is noticed by and notices a humanoid, and it uh, has some sort of description. It's a kind of new construct. We've met the security robots from before. This one was a little less militant, you might say. Did definitely want to know why we were there, though. Uh, there was some dialogue uh, from Almalexia and Shadow and the Construct. Uh, it was done in Infernal. 
and uh, with her familiar and with shadow, uh, translation can be done easily. Uh, the construct suggested that she enter a cage because there should be no humanoids walking around in this secure and horrifying room. And uh, as she's occasionally want to do, she hit it with an Eldritch Blast in the face. Uh, she did quite a bit of damage right off the bat. We didn't really get into a real combat uh, situation, initiative rolls and all that. The construct actually fleed immediately. Uh, at which point Shadow used a spell that he earned on his rest, Wall of Fire. It's a level 4 spell, definitely overkill for the situation. Uh, shielded the doorway in flame, the construct walked right into it, took 20 fire damage, uh, another Eldritch Blast from Almalexia did the construct in and uh, destroyed it. So, no more construct problems, right? No problem. Uh, the group then got to explore the room more detailed, and um, everything that was once alive seemed to no longer be alive. A lot of dissection and dismemberment. Um, they did find Newfoundland's insignias on these creatures that were uh, mutilated, and that told the group that uh, these are probably the research team that we had come to attempt to save, uh, that had preceded us through the portal. However, there was a cage with a living, however unconscious, occupant, a green dragonborn. And uh, this obviously drew the group's attention, so while Hoyt uh, did some respectful things with the bodies that were there and covered them up with sheets, Jeroop found a healing syringe and uh, Almalexia administered it to the Dragonborn, who awoke in a manner not dissimilar to how the uh, adrenaline shot woke uh, Mia Wallace in Pulp Fiction. Uh, it was startling, to say the least. Luckily, he was in a cage, so he couldn't rampage through the room high on adrenaline. Um, we introduced ourselves as the heroes that they needed right now, although maybe not the ones they deserved. Unsure. Uh, Hoyt picked the lock as a master of lock picking, and uh, we got the Dragonborn out of the cage, equipped him with a crossbow, and actually learned his name eventually. Uh, it's Vorseth, and he uh, not going to be completely useless going forward with a hand crossbow, but he's definitely not a fighter. And uh, without a healing person in our group, uh, it's going to be tough for us to get him back on his feet completely. The next course of action for the group was trying to find a way to escape this room. Couldn't go back the way we came, and uh, there, that was unfortunate because that would have been an easy way to get out. So there was one door to leave the room. Um, there was a chance to go left or to go right. And uh, the hallway, about 30 feet long, a right turn after about 20 feet. We decided that in a maze, you go right all the time. Right is always right. I don't think that's the phrasing, but that's the way we went. We turned right. Um, another intersection followed. There was also a door. Um, Shadow, taking the lead in the group, because of course, why not, immediately turned right again. Because, yeah, right's always right. Didn't ask anybody's opinion. 
And uh, they reached another hallway, 100 feet long, some intersections, and a left turn at the end of the hallway. At the first intersection, Almalexia decided that, oh wait, the saying, phrasing is always go left. Left is always right in a maze. So they turned, uh, she turned left, followed by Droop, her best friend, and our new companion, Vorseth, who was very confused when Shadow immediately turned right again, basically going in a circle, uh, don't ask. And Hoyt went with Shadow because they're kind of friends, although the, the drugs have gotten between their friendship. Hopefully that doesn't break them up in the end. Uh, so Vorseth, confused, went with Alamalexia, at which point there was some now definitely canon dialogue about Hoyt being racist and that's how he became homeless in Neverwinter. The context was baffling. Uh, and uh, But we're going to put that in the canon and that's why Hoyt was racist in, in Neverwinter or homeless in Neverwinter before going on this grand adventure for Gundren. So, yes, obviously, we're Scooby-Dooing this. Um, Almalexia's group would get to play out their deal first. Um, they had a, another left-hand turn going, essentially, in a back in a circle. Almalexia f- opened the door at that turning and found a pretty well-lit room. Very sciency type of console, crazy, screen-crazy room. Uh, more of those humanoid bots that uh, we had dispatched so easily in the first room. And there was a bearded devil who, you know, again, this group, not really worried about these kind of opponents. Uh, Elmalexia explained that to her companions and then realized that Hoyt and Shadow were not with, which, distressing, uh, of course, um, they decide that they should go catch up with those two, at least get the group all back together, because there's absolutely no reason to be Scooby-Dooing in a place like this. Um, at which point, and I'm going to call out one of my friends here, because the one of the reasons we had to re- record this is because in the recording, uh, Sword Art Online started playing, and it was delightful, and I don't watch the show personally, but you know, I got to listen to an entire episode of it. So that was neat. Uh, one of the many problems, uh, though, so with the recording, so I won't call out Tyler <laughs> uh, completely. So then we get to Shadow and Hoyt uh, walking down their pathway, which eventually turned diagonally and hit a doorway uh, with some machinery they could hear behind the door. Uh, Shadow looked in very carefully, and there was a, uh, a circular room looking into it, uh, 20-foot radius, and there's a vat of purple liquid in the room. Very confusing for Shadow to understand. There was one of those humanoid bots again. Um, Shadow and Hoyt proceeded to debate how important this room might be. Uh, They could not come to a decision on whether it was important or not, and they also spent the time just shit-talking the other group of people and how dumb they were for going the wrong way uh, because they also realized that they were alone and not with an entire group either. At which point, Almalexia's group get to walk up and, um, you know, lecture Shadow and Hoyt, who really respond well to lecturing, uh, about how it's not a good idea to split up the group. You know, we don't want to do that. Um, So, yeah, the message really hit home, I'm sure. 
uh, at that point. And Alexia described what they saw in their room, and we described what we saw in our room. Carlos was dispatched invisibly into this circular room uh, to stealth around and scout, uh, at which point we hit a, a two or three minute derailment of the entire recording because we were wondering, talking about motion sensors and invisibility and how that would work, got into heat signatures. It was all very illuminating, and I really wish I could have brought it to you in its entirety because, you know, I'm sure that's the sort of thing you guys are interested in, you know, discussing. Um, I would, you know, love to do a whole episode on that. Not really. Uh, So it turned out that room was actually twice as big as Shadow saw. There was another room just beyond it with sort of an interstitial hallway between the two, another circular room, purple vat or vat of purple liquid and the northern room however had a uh, northern and southern overhead door uh, one at each end with uh, more of the hand scanners that the group spent so much time trying to sort out uh, both outside and within this uh, mountain facility Alexia explains that to the group and uh, we go about discussing how it would be great to have dear, dear sweet Glenn and his wonderful apostrophes uh, with us. But, uh, you know, it's pretty, like like he had suggested, you know, you can't use him or Travis once they're dead. Rest in peace. The poor family. So we uh, don't have any devils to open the doors for us right now. Uh, at which point, Hoyt decides that he's done listening to talking because... If there's one thing we know about Hoyt, he's a man of action, not a man of discussion or debate. So we uh, realize that he's gone stealthily into the room, succeeded somehow on making his way into the room. And uh, we discussed how these room or overhead doors that uh, Carlos and therefore Alma Alexia saw were similar to the doors that uh, got us into the conveyor belt room and uh, eventually the group decides to enter the room going in after Hoyt who during this entire time uh, managed to stealth his way around various humanoid constructs rolling at disadvantage in a conditions that should not have been possible to stealth through. Uh, He did just that. So, praise rogues. Praise them. And, uh, turns out when he was trying to look into the the next room, you know what he saw? Exactly the same thing Alexia had saw through Carlos's eyes. It's fascinating. It's really amazing, the the mind of a of a sweet, sweet homeless man from Neverwinter who came into ridiculous wealth and doesn't know what to do with his life he's really the hero we we deserve uh more on him later i'm sure eventually shadow insists on going into the room after hoyt because he can't fathom the idea of letting him go in there on his own and deal with whatever's in there and actually lectures Alexia for being selfish telling her off which is lovely and i'm sure that'll land quite well too so he throws open the door like he owns the place and uh, enters the room, speaking infernal to the humanoids, telling them, you know, just carry on with your work. 
deftly impersonating somebody that's supposed to be there, and hilariously, it works, and he just walks into the room like he owns the place. Alma Alexia joins him, a tiefling herself, in view anyway, and uh, that also works out fine. Um, however, having a loud, small, axe-wielding goblin enter the room does draw suspicion. Uh, the two, Almalexia and Droop, are confronted by one of the the bots. Almalexia doesn't really give a convincing argument, and then Vorseth also enters, and now the humanoids are asking for credentials. And their eyes actually turn yellow um, from their previous white or green or whatever it was. That um, that does give Almalexia at least a little bit of knowledge that things aren't going very well for her. And possibly that uh, the bots are communicating on a wavelength uh, besides just speaking. Uh, Alexia attempts to impersonate Dear Sweet Glenn, uh, but the bots know who Glenn is, and their eyes turn red, and they start yelling, Intruder! And so Shadow uh, attacks one of them in the back with uh, Agnazar's Scorcher. Uh, this is the first time he's used that spell also. You're noticing a theme of fire with our small, so small uh, tiefling. Uh, he uses that uh, spell to try to gain as much advantage as he can early in the fight. Uh, does quite a bit of damage, and the synthetic humanoid uh, heretofore that shall be known as the synth fight is underway. Initiative rolls, da da da. Shadow, luckily, is also at the head of the turn order. And... Uh, Pops off a chaos bolt, more fire this time, and uh, does some more good damage. You know he's also got his bro staff, his dust staff, that he uh, he's gonna wield as well. Hoyt has a humanoid or a synth, as we're calling him, uh, in his room. He's in the second room at this point, as well, and he's attacking uh, be with his uh, rogi, roguish advantage, whichever one of the abilities gives him that. I can't even keep up at this point. And he's out there with daggers, as is tradition. And getting a sweet, sweet sneak attack for a bunch of damage. And uh, he's attempting to keep one of the humanoids from leaving. Uh, he's standing between him and the northern door in that second room. As you'll remember, there's two doors in that room. Unfortunately, the synth knows there's two doors to that room. And just... Dead ghost for the second door. Um, attack of opportunity. Doesn't work out for Hoyt. Somehow misses. And, uh... The synth gets to the door pad. Does some, some beeps and some boops on it. And now the annoying klaxon noise is back. I'm not going to make you listen to that again, because I'm sick of tired of listening to it myself. And so, uh, that's going on. The room's turning red. All the screens are going berserk. And, uh, Shadow is getting attacked also. But the, uh, these synthetic humanoids don't have 
any weapons. They're not fighters, per se. So he's just getting punched. Uh, makes some contact, but not a whole lot uh, to worry about on that. Almalexia doesn't get hurt by uh, the attack on her. Uh, Droop, however, goes after Almalexia's synth uh, with his axe and uh, chops one of the arms clean off, hitting with both attacks. Almalexia goes in for hers. Also, she's wielding short sword and dagger, as is tradition. Uh, by the second turn, Shadow is now attacking with quarterstaff, trying to save some of the magics, even though they just rested. And uh, he's getting in some some damage, but you'll you'll know that it is tradition for Shadow to not very do very much damage with his melee attacks. Of course, maybe he should stop melee attacking. I don't know. It's a thought. Hoyt still getting that damage in in his room, and uh, the synths are having varied successes with their attacks. Hoyt get Hoyt's getting hit. Droop is getting hit also. Um, and he missed his axe attacks as a result, but uh, Almalexia is still coming true with her uh, dagger and her short sword, doing some pretty good damage. Uh, Shadow finally remembering that he's a he's a uh, he's a chaotic sort of mage, as it were, wild magic, using tides of chaos to get advantage on his attacks. Yeah, maybe some some good luck here. He does do well with that attack. Hoyt getting them crits on uh, on his attacks over in the other room, followed swiftly by a, a natural one, and just throwing the dagger out of his hand on accident. You know, no big deal. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's going pretty well at this point. Um, the synths are missing their attacks, not really doing much to dissuade us from just wiping this room. Droop attacking with his axe again and takes down the first of the synthetic humanoids. Almalexia then turns to face Shadows, which they are in very close proximity. Crits on her short sword and uh, laps off the head of the synth and uh, steals another kill from Shadow. Um, as the char- as the player for this character, I'm not salty at all. In fact, I'm really, really Really happy that she keeps stealing all my kills. Turn four. <coughs> uh, that was basically Shadow's internal monologue also at the time. And um, he notices that Vorseth doesn't look quite as uh, high on adrenaline at this point. He's actually looking pretty bad because we didn't really heal him. Uh, no healing potions, apparently. And, uh, then Shadow turns to help Hoyt, putting his quarterstaff away, getting on some more of these Agnazar Scorchers, line of fire, no big deal. Unfortunately, the synth saved, and, uh, didn't take very much fire damage, because we can't give Shadow anything today. And Hoyt will, uh, then finish the fight, getting, uh, getting some good damage with, uh, Third dagger that he had to pull after dropping one of them. Kills the final synth. And, uh... It's all oily and gross. Or more gross than he usually is. Uh, has to clean all that off. It's just awful. Doesn't want to use that press the digitation though, that, you know, you can just sort of... Spam. Two people in this group know it, and can clean surfaces and stuff. But, yeah, I digress. 
So, um, you know, alarms going off annoyingly a lot. And uh, Alma Alexi's like, oh, how, 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 how'd that happen? You know, who, who did that? Uh, Hoyt is like, yeah, the synth uh, in my room, you know, did use the, the door pad. Um, yeah, not great. Alma Alexia tries to use the pad, shockingly, doesn't do anything. Uh, Hoyt just wants to leave uh, the way we came, which at the time, at that time, would have been a good idea. Uh, Alma Alexia is like, no, I'm going to Eldridge Blast this pad to see if I can turn off the alarms. Uh, she, it didn't. And then she just starts spamming it left, right, and center all over the room. It, it doesn't change anything. It's just now this, we have a wrecked room. Uh, get wrecked. Fuel room. Uh, so Shadow now trying to leave, because he's like, oh, that's probably a good idea. Let's get away from this destruction that Elmalexia is doing in this room. Um, the minute they try to go out the door that they arrived in, two bearded devils coming in. The northern door in Elmalexia's room that uh, Hoyt had been standing in front of originally opens up, reveals a Cambion. That's right, another beautiful man. Uh, you'll remember when we were rescuing that sweet town of folk in the uh, in the church that the devils had been attempting to attack and abscond with, that uh, the main baddie at the end of that sort of... Uh, encounter and experience in the town was a cambion and the whole reason that we knew about portals was thanks to the cambion and uh stuff that he had on him it's things that we saw while we were there well we got another one he's a beautiful man Alma Alexia is standing right in front of him she's you know probably into it i don't want to speak for her but yeah who are we talking about here hoyt Trying to, uh, you know, latch on to the ruse we ran earlier. Attempts to act like he's an escaped prisoner. And Shadow actually catches on to this, shockingly. And uh, tries to play it off like he's, you know, taking him back. He's like, I caught you. Eh. Uh, the guards don't buy it. Um, Almalexia tries to talk her way out of her situation with the Cambion. Um, it doesn't really doesn't really work. Cambion recognizes Vorseth. It's going worse for us. Elmalexia hears his voice and just goes weak in the knees. And, uh, you know, it's not ideal. Um, and then she, he's like, oh, who are you then? You know, she's like, well, I'm, I'm Luna. I'm going to take Vorseth with me. I'm Glenn's wife. Uh, it's, it's not good. And, uh, Cambion's like, oh, I didn't know I, would, I didn't know devils and tieflings got together. And then she does this sort of uh, sarcastic stance. Um, think Dane Cook standoff. Uh, we just like the leg lock and the arms crossed thing. Yeah, that's it wasn't that was what she was going for. It didn't work. Uh, really bad persuasion check. And, you know, frankly, you would have had to roll a 30 on a d20 to uh, actually have that one pan out. So, uh, he repeats his questions again, uh, explains how he knew Glenn's wife from a work outing, um, you know, if you give Jared an inch to really start clowning you in, uh, 
in the campaign, he'll take it, and uh, Amalexia didn't do herself any favors there. So then, like any good hero, slash villain, slash character, Amalexia decides to share the whole plan. She's just going to share the whole plan. You know, we're from the other plane, we're coming here, Shadow and Hoyt, you know, we're all, you know, here to rescue this research team, we're going to bring down the the facility, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, obviously now the guards that were haranguing Shadow and Hoyt, now pushing them into the room with Vorseth, they're all... Now everybody's in the room together. Uh, she's still trying to work out a deal. Uh, Cammy's like, oh, you're on a mission. That means you have a leader. You know, people are giving you this stuff. You're not from around here. You know, he put two and two together, like, faster than the speed of light. Uh... Shadow, still trying to play it off like he's not with them, and uh, the Cambian, in a delightful callback, uh, shushes uh, Shadow because the adults are talking, and Shadow's a small little tiefling child. Uh, That probably won't land well with him either. Um, Not a lot of people doing very well reading the room here. Um, so the Cambion eventually ultimatum. Hey, why don't you lay down your weapons? And he draws his spear, that big-ass, heavy-ass spear that he has, that they carry, I guess. And, uh, Amalexi is like, I don't know, I'm not putting my weapons down, I will mess your face up, though. And, uh, he's like, I ain't having that. And she decides to attack. And that is where we'll leave things in that day of recording and uh you know i think the big the big moral here take from this you know read the room communicate try to you know find some shared understanding shared meaning and maybe you can get out of these things also you know if you just walk into a room like you are supposed to be there and uh have a lot of confidence you can get a lot done but uh maybe don't take the injured or the useless or the creatures that definitely don't belong in the place with you. Um, it's going to uh, result in more questions than you want to answer. So uh, next time, on the usual time, we'll be uh, encountering a Cambion, a couple devils, in a fight in a destroyed room that's a circle with a big vata purple fuel in it and um see how that turns out uh last time we fought cambion it went well but um you know we'll have to see a little bit of different circumstances this time we're on their turf now so as always thank you for listening to the usual time dungeons and dragons fifth edition podcast Uh, we release new episodes every other week on all your favorite podcasts locations uh, we're also at the usual time dnd.com you can find all our episodes there and we uh we hope you listen in uh the music this time was uh tumbling down as always featuring kirkoid or by cdk featuring kirkoid and uh you also in the middle of this episode would recognize our original intro theme from the usual time podcast that's an original creation by one Tyler Kuhn. So we look forward to seeing you next time 
on the usual time.